Welcome to the Fearless Women Podcast. We're inspiring conversations for the unafraid. I'm Janice McDonald, founder of The Beacon Agency, author, and global champion for women. Why am I making this show? Because I want to share the inspiring stories of women leaders in business, arts and culture, politics, and more with all of you. Hear how they've chosen to go forward and be bold and make the world a better place, even when it wasn't easy to do. Subscribe now wherever you find podcasts. Hey, everybody, I'm Janice McDonald. Welcome to the Fearless Women podcast. Today, I'm joined by the dazzling Rolla Dagger on the show today. She's president and CEO of Cisco Canada. She has over 25 years of technology experience and a compelling life story to share since arriving in Canada from Lebanon in the 1990s. Welcome, Rolla. Thank you, Janice, and it's awesome to be on your podcast today, and I absolutely love the passion you have to drive this outstanding, outstanding initiative. Thank you, and welcome also to our listeners from around the world, including USA, UK, Spain, Mexico, and so many more countries. We want our community to grow, so please tell your friends and follow us on Instagram. Thanks also to our amazing sponsors, 30% Club Canada, BDC, Lockheed Martin, Export Development Canada, and ADGA. So, Rola, as a prominent leader and the president and CEO of Cisco Canada, what does it mean to you to be in the spotlight and to be in this role? I absolutely love every minute of being the president and the CEO of Cisco Canada. It is my dream job. I am obsessed with the technology, with the people and the culture. And um, every day I come into work, um, I feel blessed. I'm humble. Uh, I have been absolutely blessed with so many learnings that I had to go through with my team. Uh, And for me, uh, being a leader is all about being a servant leader to the outstanding people that I have. Because once you focus on uh, listening and learning and you lead through people, it's so rewarding on so many levels. The approach I take is being vulnerable and honest in everything I do. Um, Early in my days, I think day two on the job at Cisco, when we had the all hands and introduced me, um, they asked me, what is your strategy? And I said, I'm so sorry to disappoint you, but I don't have a strategy day two on the job. My strategy is to listen, learn, and lead through all of you. But please ask me that question back um, three months from now, because I would have built the strategy based on the people. And that's being vulnerable, because uh, it being vulnerable and honest gets you to where you need to be. Um, being uncomfortable in situation where you have to be on stage and say, it's okay because I'm not here to know it all and I don't pretend to know it all. And that's my leadership style of ensuring that I rely on my team to help me continue to learn to be the leader they want me to be. Um, and for me, uh, it's very simple. I lead through empowering people, inspire them. And once you empower and inspire your people, you get out of their way to go out there and make a huge impact on our customers, partners, community and Canada overall. And over the 25 years that you have been in leadership roles, how has your leadership style evolved, if at all? 
it has evolved. I could tell you that it starts from Rola 1.0 to 2.0, 3.0, and I continue to have those uh, releases, that software upgrade, you can you can call it. But my DNA, it's still always being me. Uh, being me serves me to be the leader I am today. It's the continuing to learn and continuing to have the diversity on my team because I don't want to hire people that think like me, act like me. I want to hire people that have the same values as me in the same drive as me. But at the same time, I want people to challenge me. And I continue to learn through that, the having the diverse um, uh, team that I have, because to me, it's all about building a board. Once you build a board, have people that you trust and get out of the way and go out there and make sure that they deliver the best. But I also learned really quickly that it's okay for us as leaders to fail uh, because if we haven't failed, we haven't learned enough and failing is learning. And I continue to push myself to get out of my comfort zone. And I could tell you right now, Janice, that comfort and growth do not coexist in my books because at the minute I feel that I'm too comfortable, that means I stopped growing. So that's why I always say I get the three, four year itch. It's like, what's <laughs> next for me? So that is always uh, uh, what pushed me to be the leader I am today is to continue to go from good to great to excellent and lean on people to help me get there. Well, your passion is clear, and it is no surprise, therefore, that Women in Communications and Technology, of which I'm a passport chair, recognized you as Woman of the Year at the gala in 2019. Um, what has this honor and recognition meant to you? It's certainly well-deserved. When I heard, I thought I was dreaming. I didn't want to wake up from it. <laughs> uh, for someone that started as a telemarketer uh, back in the days, uh, um, in selling long-distance minutes to becoming the president and the CEO of the largest technology organization in Canada was absolutely a dream come through. I was honored, I was emotional, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, the recognition gave me more fuel to continue to go out there and uh, inspire other women to uh, go out there. I always say, um, if I went through all these difficulties in my life and got to where I am today. Any woman out there with the drive and the passion could do it. I also lead uh, 40 countries at Cisco for uh, women at Cisco. Uh, that is on top of my full-time job. And I tell every woman that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Uh, it's your story. You are the author of your story. You write it. You own the pencil and you can edit it anytime you want and don't ever let anyone stop you from achieving what you believe in. So since I started, I could tell you that the amount of women I developed in this organization is amazing. And I see them from people that sat in the corner to now sitting at the front um, of every single meeting has a strong voice that they have a strong voice and believe in what they want to accomplish. It's mission accomplished for me. From telemarketing to president and CEO of Cisco Canada, it's it's really a, such an exciting story, but you also have a compelling story of how you came to Canada. It's incredibly inspiring. Can you share the details with us, Rola? Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, you'll always hear me say uh, I'm a very, very, very 
very proud Lebanese and a grateful Canadian. I was born and raised in a small little village in Lebanon. I come from a family of six girls. My dad was seen as poor man. He has six girls. They're going to amount to nothing. Um, and all his six girls shine because of his dedication, him and mom. I was living in, a, in an environment where every single uh, year we would move from a town to town because uh, uh, the bombs and bullets and the war and all I remember is being in a bomb shelter and even at 15, 16 years old, having my, uh, having being married at such a young age and given away uh, and having my daughter at 16 and a half years old taught me to be who I am today. Uh, it got to a point where my parents had to uh, uh, leave to Canada and marry me off at such a young age. Um, and that was the worst moment of my entire life when I saw my parents drive away in a taxi to the airport and I was by myself and it was literally raining bombs and bullets that day. Um, and it's amazing after 35 years, I still, every time I talk about it, I choke and I get emotional uh, because I never allowed my, um, my past um, to define me. I allowed my past to shape me to be the woman I am today. And I took control of my own life and basically escaped Lebanon, fled Lebanon with my nine-month-old baby at the time, went to Cyprus. We lived on the streets because a lot of Lebanese people didn't have anywhere to go. And my parents for a whole year did not even know that I was alive because I couldn't communicate with them. So for me... Um, after so many years to be where I am today, I owe it to uh, the amazing parents that I have, the sisters that taught me how to speak the language. I landed in this country, didn't speak a word of English. And the people around me and the mentors and um, that helped me and grounded me and made me believe in who I am. It's such a compelling story. It's Thank you for sharing it. It's very moving. Take me back a little bit uh, further. How about to the 10-year-old Rola? What was that girl like? What were you up to? Where were you oh living? My <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want to hear about I, my 10-year-old I do. self? <laughs> okay. So remember, I just told you that I come from a family of six girls. Yes. My dad's dream was to have a little boy, <laughs> and he never had the opportunity, so he picked me to be his little boy. In fact, <laughs> he used to cut my hair so short that everybody in our town and even at school, they thought I was a boy. They dressed <laughs> me like a boy, <laughs> and I looked exactly like a little boy. I was, I was a troublemaker in a very good way. Um, so, uh, I would literally out of the, you know, the, all my five sisters, they knew they couldn't mess with me. I overprotected them. Uh, I remember driving my mom and dad crazy to the point where they shipped me to a boarding school oh. and that was so sad. All my sisters were home and I had to go and live in a boarding school for a full year, but that taught me so much and believe it or not, they were so tough on me and I worshiped the ground that my father walks on even now. Now, knowing how tough he was on me um, and uh, it just uh, literally like I every single little boy in in our town that messed with me got beat up by me uh, I <laughs> 
<laughs> I never, ever, ever allowed anyone to bully me. Um, I lived in Lebanon, like I said to you, um, most of my youth life. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 10 years old, we had to evacuate. Our, our town was attacked, so we had to leave, and we left everything behind. And uh, being the second oldest of all my sisters, I was more like the oldest that I had to take care of all of them, raise them, protect them. And uh, I absolutely loved being a 10-year-old. It was just such a humble background that all I remember is climbing trees and picking lemons. That's why I love lemons. If you see me, I eat lemons and salt all the time. No tequila, (laughs) just lemons and salt. And I used to climb trees and, uh, you know, even our neighbors, you know, every time they have a pomegranate on their tree, it will disappear and they'll know it was Rola. (laughs) I love that. So that. That is my 10-year-old self, and uh, every time I reflect on the past, it just goes back to that little town that's called Back of the Cave in Lebanon that helped me and shaped me to be uh, the woman I am today. Well, you certainly have a life uh, that is filled with fearlessness. So it seems silly to ask you about a time you were fearless because you've already given so many. But what about a more recent example of uh, if it's not fearless, at least when you've been bold or maybe did something that people said you couldn't do, although I can't imagine anyone having the nerve to say that to Rola. (laughs) I think you can do anything. And most people, I think, realize that, too. But can you can you? Share a time when maybe you you were a uh, little uncertain, at least. Yes, absolutely. So I'll give you two qu- quick examples. Uh, by the way, fearless is my middle name. If you uh, cut me through, you'll be uh, fearless blood in me. <laughs> uh, again, when you survive bullets and mm-hmm. bombs and war and abuse, uh, nothing else matters in life, right? You just go after what you believe in. The recent one that I will give you that, as you know, I'm very, very passionate about mental health because yes. it has touched a lot of people around me. Um, so when I started at Cisco about uh, nine months into the into the job, uh, the incident of Anthony Boudrin and Kate Spade happened within one week apart right. of the suicide. Um, so I actually um, talk about being fearless and talk about uh, nine months into uh, a job running a country. I picked up the phone and called our CEO and said uh, that um, leadership is not a position. It's actually action. And I said to him, we as a technology organization, we have the power to impact human progress because technology right now is at the intersection of making a huge impact on every single life. And I said to him, we can do this by using technology to enhance the way mental health services are provided in the world. And if I give you statistics just about on Canada, Janice, over 500,000 people don't show up at work every week because they're impacted by mental health. Uh, majority are all the millennials. I don't know how old your kids, but I look at my kids and what they went through in high school and university and the pressure. And I just wanted us to do something. And uh, he actually the next day sent an email to the entire organization and saying mental health is health and it's okay for you to not be okay. Um, And talk about being fearless and taking a risk. 
Um, and I, at one point, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what I just did because I could actually lose my job <laughs> for doing this because you don't have that strong relationship. But that's the leadership that we have at Cisco and the fact that Chuck and Fran are CEO and our chief uh, people officer has empowered me and gave me the opportunity to go out there and deliver on such an amazing, amazing uh, um, initiative is just it's mission accomplished for me. So that's one from a from a professional perspective. On the personal perspective, is for 30 years I've been dreaming of doing a pilgrimage um, in Bosnia called Metagorje, and I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but this is a pilgrimage that you have to literally climb a mountain. And I'm not athletic. I don't work out. I'm out of shape. I have a bad leg. You name it. I took both of my kids, uh, Stephanie is 30 and Michael's 25, and we landed in Croatia, drove for five hours to Bosnia, and we proceeded to climb a mountain because it's a spiritual pilgrimage where when you get to the top of the mountain, if you are a strong believer, you can actually feel the spirit. And when I looked at the mountain, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not sure I could do this. And both of my kids are like, Mom, you're crazy. I don't know what you're doing, but let's go. We can start. Halfway through 45-degree weather, the altitude alone will just take your breath away. And the heat, and I stopped halfway through, and I was concerned about my kids because I, I could look at their faces and see we can't do this. I sat halfway through, and I said, let's, I'm quitting. I can't do this anymore. And my daughter looked at me and I knew she couldn't breathe anymore. And I'm about to get sick because of the heat. She looked at me and she said, you've been wanting to do this for 30 years. I'm never going to let you quit. Take a deep breath. I said a prayer. I closed my eyes and I can't tell you how I got up to the top of the mountain. But when I got up there, I sat there and cried like a little kid. So talk about being fearless. Here's two great stories for you. Very moving. That's so beautiful. And all three of you made it to the top together? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. What a special time for your family. And if somebody wanted to learn more about that pilgrimage, because it sounds so incredible, where where can you find out more about it? If you actually go online, top Metagorje, mm-hmm. um, it's in Bosnia. There's lots of information. Perfect. Because yeah. that sounds like a, a really exciting way to spend family time and really to challenge yourself too about overcoming. Absolutely. Rola, for somebody that has gone through so much and achieved so much uh, and really like real hardship, how do you keep such a positive and inspiring outlook on life? You really are uh, remarkable in that way. Um, Just believing in me, uh, believing in me has helped me and helped others around me to believe in themselves. Um, Every time I get down on myself, if I wanted to feel sorry for myself for all the hardship that I went through, I would for a day. And then after I would kick myself and say, get up, let's go. Because I mean, (laughs) I, I remember my, my dad always taught me is um, nothing you cannot accomplish. Anytime you feel down on yourself, you fall, get up, dust your knees and go up there and believe in your strength and the impact that you can make. 
And to me, I, I get the energy from people around me. I get the energy from my daughter and my son and my mom and dad. And I just have a very strong belief in, in whatever you want you can accomplish. So to me, feeling sorry for a few minutes uh, about what you're going through, it's fine. But if you ever want to feel sorry, go online and check out some of the homeless people on the street or check out the p- people that are struggling with mental health and check out people that are refugees on the streets. And all of a sudden you feel how blessed you are. So, uh, to me, that's what keeps me going is the fuel uh, that I get from people and the energy. And uh, uh, I tell you, um, the one thing that I believe in, you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only option you have. So I continue to get that strength and I'm blessed. I'm blessed beyond words. And I can tell you that uh, once you surround yourself with uh, people that can support you no matter what and don't criticize you, you'll get places. But the minute that you find yourself around people that drag you down, you won't be able to get out of it until you make a decision. It's time for me to make some tough decisions. Sometimes we have to weed the friendship garden. Absolutely. And uh, uh, my son is going through it now at 25. And he said, Mama, like, I don't want to be a hanging out with the same people anymore. I want to grow up. I want to be a man. And and I guide him through it. Uh, and it's amazing. Sometimes you don't even, it doesn't hit you till you hit like 40. Sometimes, you know, my son's 25 and he's going through it now. And it makes me proud that he's finally saying, hey, mom, I'm ready. So what about books? Are you, uh, I, know, I know you're so incredibly busy and you're reading reports and all kinds of things, but what about, uh, do you have time to do any reading? And if so, do you have a book to recommend? So I tell you, I've not read a lot of books in my life. I'm really bad because I could never finish a book, <laughs> but I had to finish a book. I'm actually almost done Mindset and I love it. Oh, the and Carol I, I Dweck? Yeah. Yes, and that's a great book. Talks about yeah, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And it teaches you so much because we have a DNA of a fixed mindset. I'm 48 years old and this is the way I've done it and this is the only way it, it's going to work. Well, no, if it worked for us for the last 40 years, it doesn't mean it's going to work for us moving forward. So it's helping me a lot. So that's a book that I recommend. Also, from a business perspective, a book that I love, it's called The Four Agreements and it mm, teaches you yes. as a leader to learn about don't take things personal, uh, follow through on your commitment, uh, be impeccable with your words. And uh, basically, it's just an amazing book. And it's very simple. You could finish it in probably three hours, uh, but I highly recommend it. And it's one of the books that I actually go back and read every so often, just kind of open it again and say, oh, yes, that's right. These are four very good agreements. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's I'm listening to uh, Oprah's uh, podcast with Eckhart right now oh, about yes, the new Eckhart earth, yeah. which is, yeah, which is awesome, by the way, because it's all about awakening and, you know, your ego, because like we, everybody has an ego. It's like, how do you kind of park your e- ego aside or send your ego on a long vacation and, you know, be human and, and appreciate what you have around you. So this is it. I mean, it's, a, it's an old one, uh, but it's a good reminder. Absolutely. What about a favorite app? You are a technology company after all. Is there something that uh, Rolla loves to use that you'd like to recommend? 
You know what? I, I, I'm going to sound so cliche here, but I'm going to tell you, I love our WebEx app because it connects me with everybody. Yeah. And it gives me that collaboration. It's so easy. It doesn't matter where I, where I am in the world. It is always like it operates exactly like you are in the office. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love the video component of, of technology. Even on when I call my daughter, my son, my parents, I, I just FaceTime them all. Like, because I just love the connection. My parents are old. They don't even know how to use their cell phone, but I got them an iPad (laughs) and I taught them how to answer um, on video because I travel so much and I get homesick. And those are the apps that make you connected and stay connected. Um, And I also have my sisters and the 10 nieces and nephews under the age of 11 that I love seeing them. They just give me life. So that is uh, my favorite app. And they grow so much so quickly. So oh being, yeah, seeing the video, yeah, makes all yeah. the difference. You stay truly yeah. connected. So as an immigrant, Rola, to Canada, what's your advice for other newcomers? Uh, be yourself. It is tough to adjust to um, a new country, a new culture in a new world. Uh, but always being yourself and Uh, grateful for the opportunities that Canada will offer you. Be open-minded, be be vulnerable. And it's okay for you to walk in and not knowing what you need to do. Because, I mean, when I started, I told you, Janice, I was a you know, a telemarketer and look where I am today and I'm grateful for it. So they have to be open-minded and they need to learn. They need to learn from people that are younger than them, the new generation. They need to learn from older generation. They need to be open. And once they're continue to learn, the sky's their limit, right? And for me, it's nothing is given to you. So as a newcomer, sometimes you have high expectation that if you were a doctor back home or an engineer and you come here and you want to become a doctor and engineer, it does not happen overnight. Uh, be open to earning any position you want, but don't allow anyone to crush your dreams. And at the end of the day, once you continue to learn and be open and earning everything because nothing is given, everything is earned, you responsible of giving it back. You're responsible of returning it. I look at around my community and what I've done and what I continue to do, and I still have a lot of work ahead of me to continue to return back. I believe once you give something, God gives you 10 times back. And that, to me, is the most important thing of always ensuring once you get to the top, you look down and send the elevator back down to the people that need your help and support. Because you always have to remember the person that helped you get to the top because no one does it on their own. So true. We all have many people, and uh, it sounds like you have uh, many, many people in your corner cheering you on. Uh, You're such an inspiring leader, Rola. Final question. What's your dream for Canada? My dream for Canada is to wake up one day and look at people for who they are and what they are and the value they bring. My dream is for people not to look at colors, race, religion, gender. My dream is to be able to feel 
grateful and blessed of being in a country that offers anyone and everyone the same opportunity. Canada is a great place to live, to work, and to make sure that we are setting great examples for the next generation. We have done a good job, and we are better than other countries, but to me, good is not good enough. I'm pleased but not satisfied because I know we can get to a much better place where Canada could be viewed as the best country to be here and to live and return it back to the next generation. An absolutely beautiful dream for Canada. Rolla Dagger, President and CEO of Cisco Canada, from Lebanon to Canada, from telemarketer to President and CEO, a compelling life story, an inspiring leader. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show with us today, Rolla. Thank you so much. Thank you, Janice, and keep up the awesome work and go out and find more of these women that are hidden because they are our future gems. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for listening. We want our community to grow. Tell your friends, follow us on Instagram, and sign up for our newsletter at fearlesswomenpodcast.com to get the early scoop. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, 30% Club Canada, BDC, Lockheed Martin, Export Development Canada, and ADGA. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite app. And if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. I'm Janice McDonald. Stay fearless. Thank you to the 30% Club Canada for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. The 30% Club believes that gender balance on boards and in senior management not only encourages better leadership and governance, but diversity further contributes to better all-around board performance and ultimately increased corporate performance for both companies and their shareholders. Want to learn more? Visit their website, 30percentclub.org, and select the Canada chapter to find out about membership, supporters, and key resources. Thank you to BDC, the bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, for your support of the Fearless Women podcast. We love smart companies that want to amplify women's voices. For more information, go to bdc.ca slash women.